Join Iron Garden as we uncover the hidden marketing stories that shape our world. Reveal the latest marketing tactics that will shape your future and the amazing people that grow organizations, movements, and businesses. Learn to grow your business and shape the world around you. Welcome to the Garlic Marketing Show with Ian Garlic. And yes, it's Ian, not Ian. That's marketing too. Welcome back to the Garlic Marketing Show. I'm Garlic here. And today we're going to talk about growing your influence, growing your authority, becoming an expert with Facebook ads. I've got one of the absolute experts, the, the owner, founder of Tier 11, Ralph Burns. But before we get started, Ralph, don't forget this is brought to you by StoryCruise.com, the ultimate resource for finding videographers and experts in collecting and crafting your stories on video. Um, it, video case stories, you want to learn about them, go to StoryCruise.com slash case story. All right, Mr. Ralph Burns, thank you for being on from Tier11.com. Uh, tell me, having me, you know, your story's out there. You're also the host of the perpetual traffic podcast, you know, and we're going to talk a little bit about influence and growing your influence and how you've grown your business. But what I want to, before we get into your story, what is going on right now in Facebook ad land and Instagram ad land? What is the landscape? Cause everything's shifting. Yeah. What's shifting right now is, uh, Facebook, I think was really caught with their pants down, so to speak, even though they say they were uh, planning for it was the iOS 14.5 update, which uh, was the ATT, the app tracking transparency thing that we've all sort of experienced to, to a certain degree on our phones. And it's limited Facebook's ability to track. And um, that's definitely affected, I think, a lot of uh, ad accounts out there. It certainly made it more challenging uh, as a primarily Facebook and Instagram ad agency, although we do do all social media advertising platforms. Um, it's definitely made it more of a challenge. And I think, you know, this is just one of those things where uh, you, people think, well, is it Apple trying to actually uh, enforce some level of privacy and help us all? When in fact, if you just follow the dollars, it's really their master plan of starting their own ad network and competing against Facebook, whatever Facebook's, you know, uh, revenue is at this point, I believe it's 52 or 62 or 72 billion. The majority mm -hmm. of that is advertising and Apple is a publicly traded company and they're looking for new ways in which to continue their revenue growth. And so they know by blocking out a lot of these apps and limiting transparency, it's going to make their ad network platform. Whenever it fully emerges, it's already started to show its face inside the app store, inside iTunes as well. It'll make its ad network that much more powerful. So if you're a solely Facebook and Instagram advertiser, it's probably been a challenging last couple of weeks since it really started to hit in, in April and May. And, um, yeah, as a result of that, I think, you know, a lot of our customers have sort of started to look a little bit more holistically at their entire spend. It's not just by silo and by individual platform. It's really, all right, I'm spending this amount on all these media platforms and doing all these other things, which might mean, you know, content marketing and PR and all these other sorts of things. But like, what's my ad spend and what's my revenue and looking at things more holistically and, you know, using alternative ways in which to track the various platforms. So it's a bit of a challenge. Um, I do think that these types of things happen in, in shakeouts inside Facebook and having been on the Facebook ad platform for almost 13 years now, wow. uh, this is, uh, this is just part of the natural evolution. So you just got to roll with the punches. Yeah. And you did SEO before, so you really know 
You, you understand that waking up the next day. It's even worse with SEO. There's no, there's no like, oh, we're going to be doing this in three months. It's like you wake up and your website's gone. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's a really good point. So I'm like a reformed SEO guy when I, I used to do link wheels and black hat and buy backlinks and all this other sort of stuff. You know, I had uh, the r- number one ranked site for how to lose weight fast for like wow. six months. And I had affiliate links all over it, but it was totally black hat. But, you know, I woke up one day and that site was gone and there went all of my affiliate commissions. So it's not like that. And I think that's a really good frame for what people are talking is like the Apple Facebook apocalypse right now, which absolutely there is more challenges out there, but still even though you can't track really past the seven day period as well inside ads manager and uh, you know, revenue that actually comes through the last click or even the first click or the first impression through Facebook is really a challenge. Now it's not like SEO, you know, it's not like SEO back in the day. And it's Mm. also not like advertising pre-digital. And I think (laughs) we've all gotten so completely We've all gotten so used to being able to track every little thing. You know, it's now this is sort of the comeuppance. It's like the best marketers will win, not the ones who are looking at their one day ROAS every single day. So I think it's just yet another shakeout. I'm not saying it's not going to be easy, but keeping it in perspective, I think, is the key right now. And you got to be able to figure out a strategy in order to make things continue to work. And, And I mean, I'm a firm believer that every time I see something like this, like every time I see like what people think of apocalypse, like when no, no offense, but when COVID happened, I put out a video. I'm like, this is your big opportunity. You know, 2% of people listen to me. And I, I always feel I'm like, where is the opportunity in this? And because every time there's a big shift, there's a huge opportunity somewhere. Um, and you've seen a lot of these over the years. And before we get in where you think the opportunity is now, I want everyone to know about few of your successes. What are some of the things that you've done so people realize if they've never seen your stuff before, what, you know, how you've helped other people and yourself with, with Facebook ads? Yeah. In 2012, well, about 2010, we first started advertising on Facebook and that was when there was the right hand rail ads. And it was, uh, if you remember that, it was just oh, yeah. you know, right hand column. There was no newsfeed stuff, but uh, so I, I was an affiliate way back when, and you know, I, I realized that I think in 2009, 2010, I had been fired for the second time from the corporate world. And I realized that I first off had to make some money. You know, I had to start paying the bills. My wife was like making all the money and I wasn't actually contributing. And it, you know, at some point in time, I figured if I couldn't figure out this internet marketing thing, I'd have to go back and work for some asshole in the corporate <laughs> world, which I hated. So I worked day and night, in essence, for like three years to figure it out. But what I came upon is that uh, affiliate marketing was a really good pathway for me. And I became a super affiliate for a lot of products wow. that to this day have, you know, since been investigated by the FTC and now are completely <laughs> off the market. Uh, thank God avoided all that crap. But, you know, some of my friends did not. And but it was the greatest training for me to learn paid advertising and understanding, you know, you're really eating what you kill. And you said it in the, you know, before we hit record, like I'm a salesperson sort of at heart and online marketing is just sales through the online channel. That's mm-hmm. sort of how, I, and it's still psychology and everything else, which is fascinating to me. That's why I'm an advertising guy. But what I realized is that to really learn all that psychology and, and to, to apply it on the online world, if you 
are selling other people's products that you know are actually pretty good or like, no, maybe not in all cases for some of the products, I was selling, <laughs> but some of the products were pretty good. Uh, you could learn that persuasion and be able to do an arbitrage play where you're paying for a, a cost per acquisition and you're making X amount on the, on the actual commission itself. And so I became sort of a super affiliate in um, the health space, the, the biz op space, um, who oddly enough, my VP of sales right now was the guy who I was sending all the leads to when I did this like biz op for Robert Allen uh, oh, wow. way back when, <laughs> which is wild. Now he's working for me. But anyway, point was, is like, if you can learn marketing all the way through and put in the work, like that was the big thing for me. It's like, I worked nonstop. I mean, I, I used to, my kids, they were relatively young at that point in time. They're like, you know, the internet never sleeps and never does dad. But like, I wouldn't <laughs> recommend that as a pathway, but I learned very quickly all aspects of marketing, which laid the, the groundwork for what we are today, which is a really high volume direct response ad agency. I still re rely upon those marketing messages and those advertising lessons that I learned you know, being a super affiliate for Christian Mingle, you know, way oh, wow. back when in like 2011, you know, and that's when I started using Facebook advertising way back in 2011. So it's like all of that, like the past really is prologue. And I'm sure it's the same with you. It's like all the things that you learn, like you still draw upon to this day. Oh, and, yeah. um, you know, the affiliate side was a great way to start. Wasn't a great way to end for me, but it was a great way to start and learn it all for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and like you said, direct response. And I talk about it all the time. And, uh, you know, I was on with a marketer, someone who owned an agency and I was talking about direct response and they're like, what's that? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, is there a business that you feel could not benefit from knowing direct response and using it in their marketing? You know, I always felt like, I remember I, the first David Ogilvy book I wrote, or uh, read rather. And then, um, then I, I read like a bunch of the old masters for, for advertising. But I remember David Ogilvy said, you know, the direct response ad man is like the cream of the crop because he is the one that literally has to get the person to take the action as opposed to saying, Oh, that's a nice Rolls Royce ad. You know, maybe I'll yeah. see that ad like seven or eight times. And, you know, in time magazine, before I consider buying a Rolls Royce, I mean, he obviously wrote one of the most favorite uh, ads of all time. The Such Rolls a good Royce ad. Um, but anyway, so like, he had a deep and profound respect for direct response and coming out of the affiliate world, I was like, this is kind of a sleazy ish world. But then I realized it's like, if you use that experience, like selling acai with colon cleanse, you know, you got to have the colon cleanse, by the way, with the acai, <laughs> those FD, FTC involved um, offers that no longer exist. You can really, you can, you can translate that into doing real good. And that's what we do now as an interior 11, we only work with purpose-driven companies and mm -hmm. we decide like who we work with. Like, thankfully, you know, there's a fair amount of folks that want to work with us, which is great, but we are very purpose-driven. Like we want to be able to leverage our skills and our influence, especially on the Facebook platform in a good way. And, you know, we learned that maybe by not doing it in such a good way, like 10 or so years ago. But the point is, is like direct response, I think is, it's an amazing thing. And I think everybody inside tier 11 is just so fascinated by the idea of taking somebody who does not know anything about what you're trying to sell them and getting them to buy. 
like, it's just this one of these things like, wow, my ad copy, my image, my video, my idea, or maybe I collaborate with my team. There's something inherently fascinating about that. And that's why I love direct response. And yeah, there's a side benefit of branding and so forth, but you can really see maybe, you know, sometimes to our customer's detriment, like you spend this on a day and you make this in a day, or you spend this in a month and you make this in a month. And that means that, well, you just acquired all these brand new customers that are going to buy from you over and over and over again. And that business building combined with human psychology is, is what direct response I think is just absolutely fascinating still to this day, doing it after, you know, 15 plus years. It's amazing. I, I constantly am learning stuff like you're talking about Ogilvy, you know, Eugene Schwartz, all those class, classics, you know, we, Brian Kurtz, we've had him a couple of times. And I mean, he's, I love that guy. Yeah. yeah he's, he's a genius with all this stuff. And I, and the reason I bring it up is because I feel every business, like you said, if you're a purpose-driven business, and I think there's a lot of law firms, doctors, dentists that are, they should know direct response. And so even if you don't, can't hire Ralph Burns in tier 11, you should be running this in some way, shape, or form in your business. Yeah, I think COVID actually made people realize this too. I think there was a lot of businesses. If you look at like the bright side of COVID, um, I mean, as, however you sort of view it, but like from a business perspective, it made a lot of primarily offline businesses say, I need to be online. And mm-hmm. We had a lot of customers that migrated from purely offline businesses and now are hugely successful online businesses because of some of the things that we helped them with. And I, that's been really gratifying to me, but they came in never really thinking like the online world could help them all that much. And direct response is a great way in which to do that because especially if you don't have millions in ad budgets, I mean, we're not talking about like, you know, Ford motor company or Pepsi or anybody like Mm -hmm. that. Like they've got, they're spending billions on just branding every single year. We're talking about, you know, smaller companies that might spend, you know, tens, $10,000 a month on ads, maybe to a hundred thousand and upwards and really figuring out, yeah, I can actually sell online. I can get people interested who don't know anything about who I am involved in my brand and then ultimately take the, the customer journey all the way to becoming a customer. So um, I think if there was one bright spot with COVID, it, it sort of unleashed more of that online potential and made people realize I need this more of a channel as opposed to just like a physical space. So mm-hmm. um, we certainly, you know, we benefited from that to a certain degree, but um, it, it's, I, I still think a lot of companies don't think that direct responses should be part of their overall marketing game plan. I don't really understand why, but I think that's changing slowly over time. Yeah. And I think there's, you know, and one of the added benefits in when, because when we start the agency, you know, back about the same time you did with video, the thing I saw with SEO and YouTube is like, Hey, we're going to be able to turn, you know, attract the exact right clients, but also, turn away the clients that you don't want very quickly. Cause the yellow pages, it was just like, you had to answer the phone. You're like, Oh I, yeah, I guess you're gonna be my client. You know? Yeah. And then most advertising up until that day was, you know, a little ad, Hey, we're a lawyer or Hey, we're an agency and take whoever, but direct response also pushes away the wrong people. Doesn't it? It absolutely does. And I, I think I forget who said this, um, you know, change your bait, change your business. It might've been Russell Brunson, but it's like whatever you offer them up front with direct response and with targeting and, and with social and with online really colors who it is that you get on the back end. If you don't mm. like the customers that you're dealing with, then change how you attract them. 
you know, like for us, like the ideal type of customer is somebody who's spending at least ten dollars to $20,000 on digital ads per month. At least we know they have some kind of involvement. Their offer has somewhat of a pulse, but they've probably hit the wall at some point. Like if we take on somebody who's brand new, has no digital ad spend, <laughs> is basically a brand new company with no sales. Like, I don't know if that offer or what they have, the world really wants. Like, we can only do so much. I mean, with a, a great example is, you know, a customer who came to us just recently, they're a $25 million company, but they've never done direct response. And what they thought was, all right, I just need to hire an ad agency and just put some ads in front of my $2,000, you know, <laughs> micronizer steamer thing that cleans up gyms, you know, with this effervescent spray of alcohol and all kinds of other stuff in it. Like, well, Nobody's really going to want that up front. But what the point is, is like they were a successful business. They had the, the, the actual, you know, momentum as a business. What they needed was an upfront offer that cold traffic people that were highly targeted gym owners, you know, community hospital uh, owners, like, you know, like people that were in their four or five different niches, like you could offer them something upfront and manufacture a way in which to attract cold traffic to it and then sell the steamer thing way on the back end. Point is, is like, you can still do it. The point is, is with something like that, you already have a proven business model. We'll, we're happy to work with people like that, but if you're just starting out, you have no sales, you have no idea whether or not your, your stuff the world wants and you have no digital ad spend, then probably that's, you know, you might want to figure it out on your own before you call us up. We, de we decided we would change our front end sort of offering, our front end, like what we're, who we're helping, who we're calling out. And then it changed our business as a result of that. So I think, you know, if you think along those terms as a business owner, uh, you, you, know, you can really transform the types of customers that you attract and ideally attract, you know, the ones that you really love to work with. It's so important. And it's amazing to me how many businesses come to us and like are not completely clear on that. Or they're like, Hey, this is the customer we have. I'm like, but are you happy with this customer? I'm like, uh, you know, I'm like, well, who are you happy with? Because that's what the beauty of marketing can do is bring you who you're happy with, but you got to clarify that. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it all starts from the front end. You know, like, what are you talking? What's the conversation you're going to have with them first? I mean, marketing all it really is, is just, you know, back in the old days, there was no online advertising. You had to go out and meet people and talk to them face to face. I mean, it was a conversation upon a conversation. And then you finally got to the sale. Like, that's what I used to do. Like door to door selling. I was in pharmaceuticals and lab and sold advertising on TV. Like, that's what I did. I knocked on doors and I had conversations. Like the online world is no different because human behavior doesn't change. It's mm -hmm. just those conversations have to go on in an online format now, but it's the same thing. If you, you know, propose marriage on the first date, so to speak, you're going to be very disappointed. Like in the case of the 2000 steamer thingy, you know, I mean, you might sell a couple, but I mean, it's certainly possible, but you have to kind of ease it in. Maybe put a package together for hand sanitizer, you know, alcohol wipes, and then on the upsell, like sell them a dispenser if you're talking to a gym owner. And then after that, you can go to the steamer doohickey thing, like on an email sequence. But like, the point is, is it can be done, but you have to approach it like logically. If I'm a gym owner that, 
you know, has sweaty handprints all over my gym. What are they looking for right now? They might not know they need the big steamer thingy, but like right now they probably need hand sanitizer, you know, uh, wipes, but they're probably getting that for somebody else. Like give them like an offer they can't refuse. I mean, not like we want to sound like the Godfather here, but the point is, it's like <laughs> that front end offer has to be irresistible for them to say, holy crap, I need that. That's really good. Offer. Yeah, yep. small offer first, and then you know gradually bring them into your into your uh, fray after that with the higher price products. It's so important, and you, I mean you're talking about this, and but and you obviously work with you know higher end clients, so you know how are you? And we want to talk about this before, but how are you guys building your authority, building your traffic for these bigger clients? You know, and building your influence using ads, and what's working now. Well, I think just influence in general, I, I think from my perspective, we were talking about this before we hit record, but it's like, I don't really think of myself as an influencer. All I really did when I first started was I just tried to be helpful and useful to people. I, I think it was um, Chris Brogan, maybe who said it like in a blog post. I remember it was like 14, 15 years ago. He's like, just be helpful and useful and cool. And people will be naturally gravitated when you're helpful and useful and give them insights it's like what we're doing right now. I guess this is influence, you know, in air quotes. <laughs> like our, our podcast is influence. Like we now have, you know, 8 million people who have downloaded our podcast. That's Jeez. a lot of people listening. I was like, I can't believe people actually, they want to listen to that like 8 million times. Like that's crazy. I mean, some of it's automated, so it's not 8 million listens. But the point is, is like, how do you build that authority? You build it by being helpful and useful and showing you can help them by actually helping them. <laughs> you know, like a, lot, a lot of and that, that was once again that was frank kern i think we said that who was a former uh, client of ours for years and years but he's like show them you can help them by actually helping them and then that way you you establish your own authority and you don't need to be that much smarter than everybody else you just need to know just a little bit more mm-hmm. and i think there was a i I forget the movie, uh, Catch Me If You Can. I think it was. It was um, a great movie. And the, the star of it, obviously, you can tell we didn't rehearse this at all for the show. <laughs> but like, this guy, Frank, uh, it was played by Leo DiCaprio. He became like a, uh, like a science teacher and a, he was a doctor. And then he was like an airline pilot. And he ended up teaching at a university. Like he had no credentials whatsoever. And the one in the, every movie that I ever watch has a marketing bent, obviously. But like he said, like they finally caught him. They're like, well, how did you teach people physics like 303? He's like, when you don't know anything about physics. And he said, well, I didn't have to know like all that much about physics. All I had to do was read the chapter ahead of where the class was. So yeah. it's like, all I needed to know is just a little bit more and I think everybody has something inside of them where they know just a little bit more than everyone else. And maybe it's your own delivery. Maybe it's your own style. And some people you're going to attract and some people you're going to repel. Like, that's just the way it is. Some people can't stand me. And some people, like apparently a few people listen on our show and come to us as potential customers. But all we're doing is just showing them that way. That's just a li- We've been there a little bit longer than they have been. And we're just trying to help them guide them along. And I think that's how you create influence is like, just read the chapter ahead, not necessarily the way that, you know, Frank, whatever his last name was in that movie. But the point is, is like, everyone has something inside of them where they are an expert. They just probably don't think they are. And then all you do is consistently relay that expert status 
on a platform. And for us, it's audio. We really like podcasts. And I know a lot of people are doing podcasts right now and do it consistently. And I think that's how you garner influence over time. The key word there is consistency. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, and I think because we were talking about that before the show, how long before you were doing this kind of stuff before you felt it was working? Yeah, I think um, I'll go the opposite side and sort of look at what people typically do is they give up around the two to three months, two to six months point. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I read this stat, we didn't look it up on Google before the show, but is that the average blog lasts about two to three months, you know, (laughs) yeah, 12 blog posts or something like that. Maybe it's longer now. The average podcast, like think about how many podcasts are there out there that like there's millions of them where they started and they stopped. Yeah. When you do a search inside iTunes, you can see them like, all right, well, this one has lots of reviews and then this one doesn't, but how many shows did they do? And it ended, started in end of 2017 and ended in early 2018. Like, yeah. so I think the consistent part of it is really the key. And I think a lot of that has to derive from like little wins along the way. Um, for us, when we launched perpetual traffic, we were smart enough to uh, partner with a company that had a very large list. And I'm not going to kid you, that was a great way of starting. So it gave us a, uh, like a, a jump start right on from the get-go. Nice. And so that certainly did help. But it wasn't until, I remember the first conference I went to, I think it was maybe the machine after we had launched Perpetual Traffic. And I was like mobbed in the elevator because so many people we're listening and they, it was like me and Molly and our, our, um, you know, our former co-host Keith. And it was like, we were rock stars. It was like, that was the point. Now, granted, this was the digital marketer conference. We had launched it to the digital marketer list, but I'm like, wow, people are actually really listening and gaining a lot of expertise from just what we're saying. And all we were doing is just talking about what we were doing every single day. And you're being open about it though, too, right? You weren't, you weren't like, you weren't pulling punches. You were telling exactly what you were doing. Yeah. I just figured it this way. I mean, I know there's like that old like bikini marketing thing where, you know, you only reveal like 90% and keep the the real good stuff uh, hidden. I was like, you know, screw it. I'll just tell everybody everything we're doing, which probably to our detriment because, you know, way back when we were kind of the only Facebook ads agency and now there's like thousands of them. But anyway, the point (laughs) is, is like, it doesn't, I think that being more open as opposed to being less open is beneficial because mm-hmm. that really shows that you're being genuine. And as a result of that, you do stand out in the market and you stand out against the people that are wannabes that are just trying to play it, but actually aren't doing it. And that was the big thing. It's, uh, I, I am a big like op- opponent, and I know you are as well, of people who are influencers, but they really don't have influence. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. it's like the info marketer that has like two clients on an agency and proposes himself as like the big, you know, advertising expert. I'd never yeah. really thought that was the right way to do it. It's like, you got to do it to, to be an actual practitioner of it, to talk about it and to talk about it in an educated way. And I think that really helps people and that helps with your authority over time. Yes. A hundred percent. And I think on the flip side, the people that are really experts, I see this a lot, especially in the professional space, are the ones thinking I'm not expert enough to go tell people how to do it. And they're the ones that know so much, but like, but I don't know this one little thing over here. I'm like, yeah, but you know, you've forgotten more than most people know. 
It's true. <laughs> it's absolutely true. I mean, Pat Flynn, who's now like a, a big podcast guy, like we were, he had been laid off from his job. Like I think it was like six months before I was fired and we were in an internet business mastery academy, like oh, way yeah. back when. And he was just like Patrick Flynn. And I remember like emailing and saying like, congratulations on the, you know, the lead handbook that you put out. And he's like, yeah, you know, I never really thought I could be much of an influencer. Now he's like bigger than the people that we, he and I learned from way back when, like he's this huge person, like, because all he did is he took and did it his own way, super transparent, you know, really identified the audience, totally targeted the beginner crowd. It's like, I always look at that as like a great model for people. Like, yeah, he did it in the internet marketing space and you know, all that stuff, internet business. But the point is, is like, he knew just a little bit more. Plus he was really transparent about the journey. And I think you can be that like people like that. It's almost like watching the, you know, the movie kind of the story unfold and people can't wait to see what he does next week. You know, does the new, you know, affiliate promotion with Bluehost really take like take place. And how does, how does he do it? Like without when he launches this blog post and this, so it becomes more of a story. And I think, you know, if you want influencer status, I think being transparent is the key now because, you know, the bullshit meter is awfully high on social. So you gotta, you know, you gotta be real, you know, oh, yeah. you, you understand that for sure. Oh yeah. I mean, you gotta be real and you gotta be consistent. Like you said, um, and, but it, I think a lot of people in businesses think they don't have time for it or that they can't do it. Um, and I, I love what you're saying. Like, Hey, you, you didn't really, you just went out to help people, but how has it affected your agency? I mean, obviously it brings you people, but how does it affect the relationship when someone first comes into your agency? I think it gives you uh, a, an advantage. I mean, I, I don't want to look at what we do is a way in which it manipulates people at all. It's like we're legit because we talk about it and we are legitimate. Yes, mm-hmm. we do spend a hundred million dollars a year on Facebook ads and social media ads. Like we, we are legitimate. So there's a built-in credibility. So by the time if somebody listens to the podcast, like I wouldn't say they're already sold. We still have to like convince them that we're the right choice. And we're trying to figure out whether they're the right choice for us as well. Like, can yep. we do great things with them? So, but I do think that influencer side of it definitely helps from a credibility perspective. And if the, it's almost like the more shows they listen to for, for us, like when my uh, VP of, of growth talks with them, like he knows they're already pre-indoctrinated to what we're kind of doing. So it does help. I wouldn't say it, it pre-sells people, but it, it cements your authority status. Like these guys know what they're doing. Because there's, mm-hmm. like I said, there's just so many fakers that are out there that don't know what they're doing. Oh, yeah. Like anybody with a Facebook ad account can call themselves a Facebook ad agency. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, and it's an easy, there's, there's literally no barrier to entry. It's like, no. you know, you, you open up your Facebook ad account, your business manager, and then you go to your local BNI and you get customers like on a local basis. Like it's, there's no barrier to entry. So I do think the, you know, the authority piece definitely helps with, you know, the, the sales side of it, the marketing side of it and everything that goes along with it. Yeah. And also, you know, I think one of the big things too is, well, like you said, when someone's indoctrinated, they trust you more and you actually get better results for them because they're not sure. second guessing what you're doing. Oh, it's absolutely true. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's I mean, a huge piece. 
and it's, it, it's a big part of it. It's like, you don't, no matter how great of a marketer or an advertiser you are, you, you still don't have the secret sauce every single time. Like you there's going to be a learning curve. I mean, there's going to be, it might take 30, 60, 90 days to start really gaining momentum. So, but if you have that built in authority and you're obviously communicating exactly what you're doing and you're doing good work, you know, that's obviously important. It's like, you will be given a little bit longer period of time, a little bit more leeway because the authority is already there. Cause you've done it for, you know, thousands of other businesses before for sure. Nice. Love it. So as we're finishing up here, I want to know what's the big thing that you would tell I mean, you're, you're running so many Facebook ads, Instagram ads, other types of ads, other things, you know, if someone's going out there right now and is going to start running ads, what is, where would you tell them to really get started? Especially like a professional service business, another agency even. Yeah. I mean, I would say, you know, Facebook ads, it's so easy to get started with it. Uh, mm-hmm. it it's really, it's, um, there's almost, no, there's no barrier. Like you don't have to hire an agency to, to get some results. But like I said, I think before is that if you do it on your own first and try to figure out like what part of my message resonates with my ideal customer, like doing it on your own for, you know, five to 20 to maybe a hundred bucks. If you want to go that route a day, you'll get a lot of signals. If you look at your data, you'll get a lot of signals as to what resonates with the market. Like for example, we do a video view campaign, which is just, you know, me helping people saying like your agency probably isn't doing this, but it, it should be doing this. Like those videos, which are just running it, I don't know, 50 bucks a day, maybe influence like how we market. And you would say, all right, well, Ralph Burns has been in this space for a while. Like he should kind of know, well, it constantly evolves. The point mm-hmm. is, is like each one of those videos gives us signals. Oh my God, like this one to this audience is getting, you know, look at the engagement. Like it's not creating any conversions. Like we have a lead pixel on there in case people do click through to the site. But what it does is it gives us a signal as to how we should craft our messaging. And from there, like that's 10, 20, $30 a day. So create some content. You know, you don't have to do it in a, you know, with a, a, a crazy post-production video crew or anything like that, like shoot it with your iPhone, you know, get it transcribed through something like rev.com or get it like embedded in the video. So it, you know, cause people usually watch video, like this is right up your alley here, you know, yeah. with the audio off and oh, then yeah. just put it out there, put it on your page and then boost it. And, you know, boost it for five bucks a day or go into ads manager, figure out how to use that and, you know, get it on a $5 a day to your ideal audience, do your target market research and so forth and figure out what resonates and what works. And that's how we've continually always comes back to content. It's like, which thing is really resonating with our ideal customer? And for us, I've ever sort of laid out like who our ideal customer is. Somebody who's spending on digital marketing, somebody who has like a legitimate business, all they need is kind of like to get to that next level or they're offline completely with a legitimate business. And they want somebody to help them, you know, conquer the online direct response world. All we're doing is really calling out that individual. And because of how we do things inside tier 11, we've created like a series of now videos around that concept. And that concept, like we ran across it by accident. 
Cause we were <laughs> running ads for like, Hey, if you're running an agency and you have this issue with your pricing, like here's da, 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 what we do. And Hey, we've got this program for agency owners. And we started getting customers saying, sounds like you guys like work as an agency. And that pricing model seems pretty good. Like we weren't even targeting agency customers. And we're like, Holy crap. Like we just looked at the signals and I listened to like my sales guys like, yeah, there's a lot of leads coming in for people from our agency product, but they want to hire us. I'm like, which one? So we tracked it back and we're like, holy crap. So that's all we were doing was just following the signals. And, and I think any business owner can do that. And all we were doing was just saying, what's the biggest problem our ideal customer is having? Like, that's the <laughs> question. Like, what is the big problem? What problem do they have? And what can we potentially solve? Not absolutely solve, but potentially solve, propose a solution, help them, you know, by being helpful, show you can help them by actually helping them. And then saying, Hey, if you want more, click here to schedule a call with us kind of thing. And that's how we did it. And I think any business can do the same sort of thing. It's business one-on-one, but it's fundamentals, except for you've got to go run the traffic you've got. I, and I, I, I tell people this all the time, go learn a little bit about Facebook ads, about YouTube ads, even if you're not going to do it long-term, so you can speak intelligently about it. It's not that difficult to get started. It's difficult to scale it, but you're not looking to scale. You just need to be able to talk to someone, right? Absolutely. I think that's great advice. Just just learn it. Like if you're a CEO listening to this and you're like, oh man, I've just never been able to figure out Facebook ads or yeah, I know Facebook is out there or I know like online is out there. You don't really need to know all that much. We've, we look at dozens of ad accounts every single week and you know, a lot of them start this way. I'm like, you know, you've mm-hmm. done it right. Like you, like you figured this out. He's like, I didn't know anything about Facebook ads. I started listening to your podcast and you know, now I'm spending 10 K a month and I'm making 30 K, but I don't know what the hell I'm doing. It's like, <laughs> like that's, that's amazing. Like if you can get to that, like that's killer. And you know, as an entrepreneur or a business owner, like just figuring out the Facebook ad platform is, is, is simple. You figured out a business Facebook ads is pretty simple. So oh, they made it so easy. It's dangerous. Like I'll have a few drinks and start running Facebook ads. I'm like, I'm going to start selling something now. <laughs> right. I do the same thing. I'm like, yeah, what can I do here? Like, I won't tell my, you know, media buyer. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'll just do it. It's like, what the hell are you doing? I'm like, Oh, I don't know. <laughs> so that's awesome. Yeah. It is fun. It is fun. And, and you know, if you are a true entrepreneur and business owner, go learn it. Follow, you know, go check out the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. Follow Ralph. Ralph, where's the best place to follow you? You personally, LinkedIn? Uh, I, Twitter, I'm pretty active on. It's Ralph HB, R-A-L-P-H-H-B. Um, you can check me out on Twitter there. It's, I, you know, it's not all Facebook ads. It's all about like just, you know, customer acquisition and CEO kind of stuff. So, cool. um, but then obviously the Perpetual Traffic Podcast and we've, you know, we've now... We're, we are going to start a blog on tier 11 finally after like, you know, 10 years <laughs> coming up, but that's TBD, <laughs> but you can check us out over at tier 11.com as well. I just Google and it. You're going you're gonna to keep that blog going for more than three months, right? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> no, I will. <laughs> awesome. So yeah, check out tier 11.com. Make sure to follow Ralph and, and you know, if give him a tweet and say you saw him on here, uh, but Ralph, thank you so much for being on the garlic marketing show. Yeah, this has been great. Thanks for having me. And thank you all for taking Ralph and I on your journey. This has been Iron Garlic and the Garlic Marketing Show. Video, you know what will make you an authority? 
you know it will get you more leads, better leads that close faster and spend more with you. And video stories will help you be remembered and connect with those perfect clients. The problem is, where do you start? Storycruise.com is the place to go. It's like a film crew with an S. What's your strategy? Do you do it yourself? Do you hire a videographer, an agency? Do you need an editor? How do you know if they really know your business and how to make videos for business that work? The answer to all this and more can be found at storycruise.com. It is the place to find the latest video marketing strategies, the best gear for your business, as well as videographers, editors, and agencies near you that are trained in video storytelling for business. Go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get special insider info for listeners of the Garlic Marketing Show, including special access to several of my courses, including my case story course. Go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get a whole bunch of special offers just for listeners of the Garlic Marketing Show. Whether you're looking for a videographer or to do it yourself, go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get started today. That's it for the Garlic Marketing Show. If you want to get the inside scoop and the latest techniques, make sure to follow Ian Garlic on Facebook. Facebook. 